0: So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting Bluehost.com. That's Bluehost.com. Johnny Dollar.
1: Hello, Johnny. Sam Rubin. Oh. What's the matter, kid?
0: I don't know. It's a feeling
2: I get every time I hear your voice on the phone, Sam. Now,
3: what does that mean?
2: Well, the last time you called, I took a job and had to hock my watch for cable fare in Hong Kong. That's what it means.
1: (laughs) So, I bought your new watch, didn't
2: I? What's on your mind? Ed Julian. Ed Julian? So long, Sam. No, no, no,
1: wait, wait a minute, Johnny, Johnny, this is important. I need help.
2: If you're fooling around with somebody like Ed Julian, you sure do need help. Go call a cop.
1: They can't help me. I'm calling you, Johnny, for old time's sake.
2: <sighs> I'll see you after breakfast, Sam.
3: Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
2: (laughs) Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. To Samuel Rubin and Associates, insurance brokers, Majestic Building, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Salt City matter. I didn't know it was going to be that, Salt City, I mean. But I did know the name Ed Julian. Every policeman in the country knew that name. My first impulse was to hang up the phone on Sam, but I didn't. Instead, I spent 85 cents, that's my first item, on cab fare to get me to Sam's office.
1: Welcome, Johnny. Long time no see. Come on in. Sit down. Have a smoke.
2: Sam Rubin looked about the same as I remembered him, and he acted about the same. He shook my hand, pushed a cigar at me, held up a $160 lighter, and smiled.
1: Oh, Johnny, Johnny, I'd like to have you on my permanent payroll. Well, now,
2: that'd be something. Are you making me an offer or just talking? (laughs) No,
1: I suppose I'm just talking. But you're good to look at, you know? It gives me confidence. A little outfit like I got here, I can't afford high-priced talent like yourself for a steady diet. Why don't you sit down, kid?
2: You'll pardon me, Sam, but I don't feel sorry for you. You're
1: right about every kind of insurance that's ever been issued. Oh, well, yeah, sure, but nothing like those big operations that you're used to. This is all little bitty companies. Eh, so I make a living. A man having his own company, running it by himself. Ten of his own companies. So it's ten times as much trouble, no? Listen, what do you know about Ed Julian, Johnny?
2: He had quite a name in Chicago
1: and Los Angeles, Hoboken... I thought he was in jail these days. Oh, Ed, no. Got himself out of jail. Must have been three, four years ago. Sure, went into enterprises in uh, Florida, California. Very legitimate fellow.
2: Oh, I'm sure he is.
1: Let's get to the point, Sam. Well, you're working for me, aren't you? I don't know whether I am or not. I haven't heard what it's all about. About? It's about Ed Julian that's what it's about. All right, I'll lay it right out for you. Here. Look at this. $50,000. $50,000 I got to pay his widow if something happens to him.
2: You'll pardon me again, Sam, but when you collected that first premium on him, and I take it you sold him $50,000 worth of life insurance, you should have thought of this part of it. What,
1: has something happened to him? No, nothing's happened to him. I'm afraid something's gonna happen to him. I'd have to get this money up. (laughs) I'm just gonna listen to you talk, because it doesn't seem to do much good asking you questions. So go (laughs) ahead, Sam, talk, talk. Maybe something will come out. All right, but Johnny, don't be shrewd with me, huh? Now, the policy was issued maybe a month ago. I personally... (laughs) I, personally, I wouldn't sell a man like Ed Julian life insurance, any kind of insurance. He's not a calculated risk. He's a lousy, long-sighted bet. man like that, the enemies he makes, ooh, he's a bad fellow all the way around. But here it is. It's on paper. I'm stuck if anything happens to him. Now, Johnny, the man's living in San Francisco now, and all I want is you go to him and ask him to cancel the policy, Okay. <laughs> Sam, how did you ever get the insurance business? No, no, Johnny, please. Why don't you go to San Francisco?
2: Handle it yourself. Johnny, I I'll can't. I'll tell you why. Because you know and I know there's no way for me or you or anybody else to approach Ed Julian and ask him to cancel out this policy. What it amounts to is that you want me to go there and keep an eye on him until you can break the policy.
1: Isn't that it? Mm, not necessarily, Johnny. What do you mean, not necessarily? All right, all right. So you're right. Listen, I heard through the grapevine There's a large collection of Ed's old friends Visiting in and around San Francisco Just a few days ago It makes me very nervous I have already a blood pressure condition Friends who ma- might want to shoot him down? Yeah, that's the kind of people, yes $50,000 payoff would hit me very hard this week All right, next week maybe not so hot, But this week, oh boy, the market Are you playing with company funds? No, no, insane. it's a calculated risk I'm entitled to take with company funds They entrust me All right, all right Now, will you please sit down And study this thing out with me? What's I'm always asking you to sit down. You never do.
2: I also never study anything with you. Sam, how much?
1: Well, expenses, five hundred dollar bonus. Why, Sam? No, no, wait, wait, wait. Johnny, you're so impatient. I'll make it a thousand, thousand dollars bonus. Take care of yourself. No, no, See listen, Johnny, look, look, Johnny, all you have to do is keep him alive till I break the policy responsibility. My lawyers can do that. They told me it'll take a couple of days. I
2: don't have to do
1: anything, Sam how'd you get that policy? It was in a bundle of stuff came in from the coast. Ed Julian took this out under his real name, Eduardo Sacavetti. Now, who knows it's Ed Julian? Skip the gestures and tell me how you do know Well, my broker out in San Francisco. Her name is, uh, I don't know, Straubord Street or something like that. She sold it to him. Later on, she found out who he really was. She sent me a wire. So, uh, a thousand's okay, huh? No. So, How much? $2,500... You're expenses. crucifying that me! That watch you gave me never kept... Time, all, right, never. all right, all right,
2: all right. $2,500... 2500 Expense account item two, $168.73. Airfare and incidentals, Hartford to San Francisco. I arrived at eight in the morning. On the way in from the airport, the fog began to roll in from the bay. From my hotel room at the Fairmont, I looked out in time to see the provision barge moving out toward Alcatraz before the fog closed in completely. Somebody said the storm warnings were up all along the coast, and somebody was right. By 11 o'clock, a light rain had begun to patter over the fog-bound Bay City. Item 3, 23 bucks, one trench coat. I was wearing it when I spent another buck, item 4, cab fare. This time to get me from San Francisco's Fairmont Hotel to Ed Julian's address on another part of San Francisco's Knob Hill. There in the drizzling rain, I interviewed not Ed Julian, but one of San Francisco's older but more stable residents. The uniform said he was a member of the property police.
4: Hey, hey, you. Just a minute there. Just a minute. Nobody lives there. And I hope for your sake, boy, you ain't no Jimmy artist, because I got me a gun under this raincoat.
2: I'm no Jimmy artist. I'm just trying to locate a man named Julian. Ed Julian? That's right.
4: Uh, Mr. Sarcovetti lived here.
2: Well, according to my records, Mr. Sarcovetti and Mr. Julian are the same man.
4: Well, he ain't here now. Moved out bagging baggage a week, ten days ago. Whatever name he used.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Don't suppose you have any idea where he went, do you? Nope. You happen to see him move?
4: Uh, Yep. Him and his wife and their clothes.
2: Left all their furniture,
4: huh? Didn't have any to leave. This place was furnished for them. They're the kind of people who never own more than they could carry. That's the way I figured them. Fast traveling and short acquaintances. Now, I once knew a feller up in King City. You see, King City's about 45 miles north here.
2: That's how the Ed Julian matter stood on a rainy morning in San Francisco. Nothing out of the ordinary for Ed Julian. Yet, all around me there seemed to be some sort of a dark, threatening undertone that I couldn't quite put my finger on. Whatever it was, it troubled me, standing out in the rain, talking to that old man... It still troubled me when I made my way back down the hill and found, to my surprise, that the San Francisco Classified Telephone Directory listed Edward Julian Enterprises. Expense account item 5, 10 cents, one phone call. Hello? Hello. I'd uh, like to talk to Mr. Julian, please.
4: He's not in. Secretary's out. Would you like to leave a message?
2: Well, this is Johnny Dollar calling. Uh, he doesn't know me, I'll but I... I'll
4: leave the message for
2: him. When do you expect him back? Never the rain was just starting up again as i stood in front of the floor level office at powell and hooker on the door it said edward julian enterprises incorporated and below it it said walk in i did
4: hello hello who's that hello hello who are you looking for ed julian He isn't around now. Maybe I can help
2: you. Well, maybe you can. I'd like to know something about his enterprises. Why? Oh, I might want to invest some money. (laughs) Oh, what's funny about that?
4: You the guy that called me a little while ago?
2: Yeah, I called. I suppose you're the one I talked to.
4: What's your angle?
2: I want to find Julian.
4: So do I. So do a lot of people. What's that name? Johnny Dollar. Well, I'm Ray Gumby, Ed's attorney. Come on in here. It's warmer.
2: I followed Ray Gumby to the back office of the two-office suite. Watched him as he stood in front of the gas heater. Medium-sized man, 50 or so, wearing a tan sport coat, a wool scarf, a turtleneck sweater. Not exactly the conservative attire usually expected of members of the bar. But then he looked happy about it.
4: Now, sit down, Dollar. Have a drink.
2: Thanks, Mr. Gumby. Well,
4: cheers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <coughs> now, uh, you ask about Ed's enterprises Well, I'll tell you right now, they aren't much He has an oil field, a piece of a gambling casino A piece of a racetrack, and a part of a ship And part of a smelter works What does he do a couple of weeks ago? He up and unloads it all oh, I've, I've had a little cold with all this weather we've been having <coughs> Why do you want to find him?
2: To protect him
4: <laughs> That's cute. Personally, I wish the bum would get pneumonia. He left me holding the sack here. How's that? I formed these corporations for him and acted as chairman on all the boards. Then he sold out from under me. Didn't even bother to say goodbye or pay me off.
2: You want to find him too, then?
4: You bet you. I'm suing for proper fees.
2: Think it'll do any good, Mr. Gumby?
4: No, I don't think so. I mean, as far as me getting my money goes. But if I can get him subpoenaed... And he ignores the subpoena. The court will issue a warrant on contempt charges and throw his carcass in jail for a while. If he was behind the bars and I went to visit him, maybe I could handle him. Uh, The bar is between us, of course. Of course. You want another knock?
2: No, thanks. Uh, You go ahead. That sounds pretty good. It is. Getting him in jail?
4: Yeah. If I can get him served. Well, it's not going to be an easy job getting those papers into his hands. Two of my regular boys have already tried and failed. I'm a fool ever to accept such a man as a client. Never do such a thing again.
2: Well, if it makes you feel any better, Mr. Grumby, the man I'm working for said practically those same words to me in Hartford yesterday.
4: It doesn't make me feel any better. I wish it did. And I wish you luck protecting him.
2: Mm. Hey, Mr. Grumby. Something just occurred to me. Now, what's that? Well, now, maybe we could work this out together. How? You want Julian to be served with a subpoena so you can have the police pick him up. I want him to be safe. And there's no safer spot than the city jail. Hey. Where's that subpoena? Well,
4: right here. And there's a fee in it if you can get it in his hands. Two hundred, maybe?
2: All right. You say two of your men have already
4: tried and failed to get to him.
2: What happened to them?
4: Been to his place on Knob Hill.
2: I was there earlier today. He moved out.
4: I know. But my men went up there to serve him. Both of them fell down two flights of stairs. Seems like a myth.
2: Maybe Ed isn't living in such high places these days. I hope
4: not, for your sake, Dollar.
3: Now, here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's intriguing episode of this week's story. Tomorrow? That's when I begin to find a myth can be stranger than fiction.
2: Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
3: From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar.
5: Yes? Skyline Apartment.
2: Johnny Dollar speaks. Maybe you don't remember me, but I remember you. I was there last night and got banged on the head by a pair of hoodlums. I know nothing about it, and I can't talk now. Well, then you can listen. I'm coming over there in about an hour. I hope your two hoods are there when I show up. Will you tell them that for me?
5: I'll deliver the message, if
2: you wish.
3: Do that. Tonight, in every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
2: (laughs) Expense accounts submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Sam Rubin and Associates, Insurance Brokers, Majestic Building, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Salt City matter. Expense account item eight, ten dollars. Medical bill for two stitches in my scalp. Item nine, ten cents. One more phone call. To the prettiest insurance broker in San Francisco.
6: You said you'd buy me lunch. Something's come up. I don't care what you say. You said you'd meet me. Meet me. Meet me.
2: Item ten, two dollars. More of that ever-loving cab fare. This time, I kept the cabbie waiting outside Eleanor Stover's apartment.
6: Johnny, Johnny. Hi, Angel. I didn't want to be a witch, but I did want to see you, if only for a minute. Come in.
2: Can't. My cab's waiting downstairs. But I want...
6: What happened to you? Oh,
2: I argued a little bit with two of Ed Julian's hired hands. He has a little muscle around him these days. No one to worry.
6: Johnny, I feel responsible. Why? Like a big dope, I was the one who sold him that insurance policy. Now you have to mix into it and try to keep him alive. You look like the one who needs protection. Well,
2: don't look at it that way. Hmm? If you hadn't sold him the policy, I'd never have come to San Francisco and I'd never have met you.
6: And you wouldn't be here right now.
2: I'll call you later. Ellie.
6: Yes, Johnny? I didn't
2: tell you this part. I'm going to serve a subpoena on him and try to get him to appear in court. I don't expect you'll pay any attention to it and then they'll issue a warrant for his arrest for contempt of court. I figured he'd be as safe in jail as anywhere else.
6: What subpoena?
2: An attorney who worked on a few deals with him, a man named Ray Gumby.
6: Oh,
0: take care.
2: I went back to my cab and told the driver to take me to the Skyline Apartments. When we pulled up in front, the same kind of things were going on in the same lobby. Well, Hello, Moisha.
5: Oh, uh, Mr. Swift. Let me. Swifty. Swifty. You're in here looking for trouble, and you're going to get it.
1: I thought you found that out once.
2: I sure did, and I sure am. Where's your tall, skinny friend?
1: He's coming. Look, you.
3: <laughs> well, if it isn't a row old boy from Hartford. How many times we have to toss you out of here? You've
2: hit your quota. I only get tossed out of one place at one time. What floor is Julian on? The
3: fourth. But that don't Get mean... out of my way. Uh, yeah. Not so fast. I hate to have to mess you up all over again. <laughs> all right, Weisenheimer, this is a knife. This is a gun. Oh, that way, huh? Yeah. Put that thing away,
2: boy. I got two stitches in my scalp from you boys last night. I'll always have a little scar from them. And somehow I think you should have the same... <laughs> Under the circumstances, it seemed like the honest thing to do. I left both of them in the lobby and took the elevator unescorted up to the fourth floor. But I was disappointed once more. Ed Julian didn't answer the door, but a small blonde girl who looked like she might have been having a good cry did.
0: Swifty, what do you want? You're not swift.
2: Is Ed Julian here?
0: Swifty didn't let you come up here. He won't let anybody up here. How'd you get inside?
2: Why don't you invite me in, and I'll tell you all about it.
0: Are you a policeman? No, ma'am. All right. Why not? Come on in. Whoever you are, mister, you're taking some awful chances.
2: Well, let's say I'm a friend of Ed's.
0: Ed hasn't got any friends, and I know all of them. What's your name?
2: Johnny Dollar. Where do I find him?
0: I'm Ed's wife. My name's Lorraine. I know you.
2: I mean, I know a friend of yours, Eleanor Strober. She said she went to high school with you about ten years ago.
0: A million years ago. At least a million. How did you know her?
2: I'm in the insurance business. Do you expect Ed back soon?
0: I don't expect anything anymore. No. What do you want to see him about?
2: Business. I'd like to wait for him.
0: You got this far, you might as well. What about Swifty and Luke downstairs?
2: They, uh... They were glad to see me come up.
0: You you want a drink or something? You ought to take off your hat and coat. It'll be cold for you when you... Oh. Did they do that?
2: Hmm. Yes, it uh, wasn't too easy getting in.
0: Those dirty punks. Can I... Can I fix it or something?
2: No, uh, doctor just tucked two stitches in it. It'll be okay.
0: I'm sorry. You seem like a nice guy.
2: Well, you seem like a nice girl. What? I said you seem like a nice girl.
0: <laughs> Nobody said anything like that to me since I married Ed. You aren't supposed to be nice when I love somebody like Ed Julian.
2: Well, my job is to protect him from who or what, I don't know. But to protect him, I want to find
0: him. You won't protect him here. He hasn't been here for a couple of days. Where is he? How should I know where he is? How should I know? I'm only his wife, the hired girl. Those others came in town. What others? Those from the East. Ugly men with... Yesterday... No, No, I... I guess it was the day before. Ed was here with one of them. A man named Chili Winters. They sat right there, drinking, talking. Then they both went out together. I didn't like the way that Chili looked. Where'd they go? I don't know. Oh, get out of here, Johnny. You're not going to find him here ever. Go on. Beat it. He'll kill me if he found me talking to anybody. He'd kill me. I know him.
2: I didn't want that to happen, so I left. No one was in the lobby to say hello, fire a bullet, or use a blackjack. I spent another hour downtown at the Hall of Justice looking up the record of Chilling winters, a list of felonies ranging from armed robbery to assault with a deadly weapon. He'd been convicted twice on the latter charge, once in Michigan and once in California. It seemed likely that tracing him might prove helpful in locating Ed Julian, but he was not to be located either. About three o'clock in the afternoon, after a fruitless day of trying to locate Winters or Julian or both,
5: I went back to my hotel room. Oh, Mr. Dollar. Mr. Dollar. Now what? Uh, Do you remember me? Uh, The desk clerk at the Skyline? Yeah, I remember you. I must apologize for what happened. I mean, all the trouble you had with Mr. Swift and Mr. Luke. (sighs) They didn't handle the matter very well. No, they didn't. What's on your mind? Well, I'll be very blunt. Two things are on my mind. Ed, Julian, and your problem in locating him. I'm just a desk clerk. I need every penny, you know. I hope you're sorting it away. Uh, I took an awful chance coming here. You asked for Mr. Julian twice yesterday. You found him neither time. Come on, get to it, will you? Well, I know you aren't a thug like those others. I mean, I, I didn't know until Mrs. Julian told me you were an insurance man. Well, anyway, I know where Mr. Julian can be found. Where? And I'd hoped you'd be able to, uh... Here. This is all I'm able to. Now, where is he? Oh, thank you, Mr. Dollar. I just happened to overhear this morning when I was working the switchboard. Mr. Julian, well, he's in Salt City, California. Uh, the Salt City Smelter Company, I believe, one of his enterprises. It seems he went there with the Mr. Winters because there's going to be a kind of a big meeting of all of them there, uh, Mr. Reno and others, uh, sometime this week. Uh, does that make sense to you, Mr. Dollar?
2: It might, yeah. All right, you've got your money.
5: Oh, yes, thank you, Mr. Dollar. Oh, and please, please don't mention to anyone that I was here that I disclosed this to you. I'd lose my job if it got out, and I
2: A local filling station furnished a map of California which located a place called Salt City about 300 miles away in the desert. I decided to ask a man who might know about it, Ray Gumby, attorney at law. Uh-oh. What?
4: I've handled correspondence from there. Not on the beaten path.
2: Well, that doesn't tell me much.
4: As near as I can gather, it's an enterprise town, lock, stock, and barrel. Uh-huh. Ed Julian's gone over there, well, let's forget all this, at least my part of it. Why? I don't want you to go that far in trying to get him back here. Fault city's real bad news.
2: Yeah, sounds like it, Mr. Gumby. Yeah.
4: Let me ask you something. Why are you going this far on this case? Sounds like a loser to me.
2: I don't know, Mr. Gumby. I don't know but I've had the feeling ever since Ed Jr.'s name was first mentioned that, that something was happening. Something way off somewhere, but so close I could touch it.
4: That's funny. I've had the same feeling.
2: Expense account item 11, $38, transportation. By train, San Francisco to Salt City in return. It was just coming up dawn when the conductor nudged me out of a restless sleep and told me the Salt City stop was 60 seconds long. I took my bag and stepped off onto the dry, sun-baked clay that served as a station platform. Then I looked around and saw a yellow, grimy little town stuck along one side of a yellow, grimy little mountain. The stacks from an immense smelter rising up to the skyline, the smell of phosphorus and coke in the air. It had been a bad trip to what was obviously a bad place... And naturally enough, bad things began to happen right away.
1: Taxi, mister.
2: Yeah, sure. Where to? Salt City Smelter Works. Know where they are?
1: Oh yeah, I know where they are, but I ain't taking you there. The what? Yeah, get your hand off of my cab door.
3: Hey,
2: look, get I... your
1: hand off the door. I'll call a cop.
3: You better do like he says, huh Oh, sure, smart. You ever been here before? Nope. It's the end of the line, pal. I've been here twice. Both times I promised myself I'd never come back again.
2: And what are you doing here now?
3: Accident. They kicked me off that freight. I get nightmares about this place. I remember the first cop I ever met here in Salt City. While I was spelling my name to him, he hit me in the face several times. Always by mistake, of course. But don't risk any mistakes, friend. I'm not going to be here long. That's good, that's good, that's real good. You know what? What? Somebody made this dump and then forgot about it. Just plain forgot about it. I'll see you. No
2: bird sang, no dog barked, no cock crowed. Nothing. Nothing but that feeling inside of me, and something saying, it's going to happen here. It's going to happen here.
3: here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's intriguing episode of this week's story. Tomorrow? Well, maybe I was psychic
2: or something because tomorrow is when that feeling, that hunch, turns into action. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
3: From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar.
4: Ready with your call to San Francisco. Go ahead, please.
2: Hello. Is that you, Johnny? Yeah, I'm in Salt City.
4: I'm surprised they have phones there. How does it look? Located Ed Julian yet?
2: I just got here. It looks terrible, and I haven't even located a hotel room. Mr. Gumby, if I have any luck at all, I'll be back in San Francisco by tonight. Where is Ed Julian? I'll serve the subpoena on him if he's around. From what I've been able to pick up, there isn't much of a law enforcement agency here.
4: You get that subpoena in his hands, and he'll have to answer to it. He's still in this county,
2: even if they have to use state police to grab him. Okay. Okay. Anything I can do for you here? Yeah. Find out how a town like this ever got built.
3: Tonight and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
2: Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Samuel Rubin and Associates, Insurance Brokers, Majestic Building, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Salt City matter. It all started when Sam Rubin asked me to bodyguard Ed Julian. Julian was supposed to be in San Francisco but I never saw him there. I saw his wife and his lawyer and the insurance agent who had sold him the policy, but no Ed Junior. And then a clerk at his apartment told me about Salt City. He didn't tell me much else. I found the rest out for myself. I checked my bag in a station locker and walked over to the Salt City Bar and Grill. Expense account, item 12, 10 cents, coffee.
0: Just getting on the train?
2: Yeah, a few minutes ago.
0: Everybody calls me Connie.
2: Everybody calls me Johnny. That's nice.
0: Never
6: seen you around here before.
2: Well, I've never been around here before.
6: Can I stay long?
2: I hope not. No fault of yours.
6: I can't blame you. As soon as I get a steak for myself, I'm pulling out too. All kinds of funny things going on around here. Now, for instance, last week I... Oh, hello, Mr. Reno.
2: I recognized him from the Landry killing that he'd stood trial for in Baltimore in 1950. He still looked like his pictures—tall, thin, quiet. I'd always wondered where he disappeared to after his lawyer got him off with a bought jury. My name is Jim Reno. I run this
7: restaurant. Everything all right? Everything's fine. Oh, it's good, good. You—you uh, you ought to have some of us too. This time of morning? <laughs> sure, it's the thing. Connie, uh, why don't you go back in the kitchen and put some stew on the fire, huh?
4: Well,
6: Mr. Reno, I don't cook. You know that. Learn? Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
2: You wouldn't be connected with the Salt City Smeller Works, would you, Mr. Reno? (laughs) I own them with some other friends. Then you might know Ed Julian. I understand he owns... Yes, yes, I know Ed.
7: He's out there at the Smeller Works, staying in a cottage right by the office. I'll look. Call your taxi if you like.
2: Well, the last taxi driver I asked to drive me out there threatened to call a cop.
7: <laughs> well, this town, it's better if I call. You know, small town. Sure. Finish your coffee, Mr. Dollar. What? I'll
2: call the cab for you. I own the taxi company, too. Expense account item 12. Ten more cents. More coffee. While I waited for the cab to appear. Somehow, I wasn't surprised that Jim Reno had been able to read my name in the coffee grounds, but by that time I'd learned not to be surprised by anything in Salt City. Item thirteen, fifty cents tip. The cab ride out to the smelter works was on Mister Reno. The chimneys and stacks were dark and sullen against a gray storm-gathering sky. The only sound was a gasoline generator somewhere. Lights were on at intervals across the smoky area. One dim light burning in a little yellow cottage just inside the main gate caught my eye. No one seemed around to ask questions of me, so I walked in. Ed Julian and another man I didn't recognize were sitting in chairs opposite each other. Neither of them moved or flicked an eyelash. They just sat there, propped up, staring at each other. I got closer and decided one could get surprised in Salt City. They weren't dead. Dead men don't perspire. Dead men don't have pulses. Dead men don't breathe. They were just kind of in between. (laughs) If you ever walk into a house in Salt City and find two men just sitting in a room, quietly staring at each other, and they aren't dead, turn around and walk out. Johnny, don't. don't fall down on your hands and knees and crawl around the floor like I did. And don't start to laugh to yourself about nothing at all. Don't get weepy and perspire. And don't prop yourself up against the wall and wait for something to happen. And then and then I, I could see somebody standing beside me looking down. And I couldn't move my arms and my legs, and that seemed pretty funny. Somebody laughed about it. Then it came to me. I was doing the laughing. The noise was coming out of me. Somebody leaned down and took my gun out of my shoulder holster. He was wearing gloves and dark glasses. And then all at once he had a face.
7: Easy, dollar, easy. I'll just take this. Sure, sure, I know all about it. I know all about it. Well, what, what, what is what, what is this? What's uh, you came to town looking for Ed Julian so you could protect him. Maybe serve a subpoena. And get him in jail. Well, Ed don't need no protecting. You can see that. He don't need no subpoena. He don't need anything, Dollar. Not now. You hear me? I hear. You slipped me something at the cafe. Nah, don't you worry about that. You see, Dollar, you were just out on a regular job for Sam Rubin... He got in a fight in Ed's place in San Francisco, bashed up a couple of his boys. He came over to Salt City looking for him. He walked in this place, and Ed was sitting here talking to Chili Winters. That, that other fellow's Chili Winters? <laughs> no, nah, you're getting it. You. Chili Winters, a big powder from the East. Bad boy. Ed didn't want you to protect him, did he, Dollar? No, no, he didn't. He didn't want to take the subpoena. No, he didn't. So you argued with him, didn't you? No. no you argued I... with him like you did with a pair of his boys in San Francisco. You beat them up. Well, Chili got into the argument here now, didn't he? Chili might have pulled a gun on you. He was famous for that. I don't know what you're talking And you, you had to protect yourself. You just pulled out your gun and you shot them both. Like this? Oh, no, no, you... (laughs) Well, Dolly, you just shot and killed Ed Julian and Chili Wentis. As good a job as anybody in this town ever saw. And I saw it.
2: (laughs) Guess I'll have to call the police. An autopsy report will show they were drugged before they were killed. And how...
7: how are you going to explain that? We don't believe in autopsy reports in Salt City. All our police need is your gun. It won't work, Reno. Now, Dollar, you know it will. You'll be arraigned, indicted, and tried right here in Salt City. It'll be second degree or self-defense, maybe. Now, if I'd have done it or some of the boys had done it, there'd have been all kinds of trouble from San Francisco to New York. This... This is the way it was figured. This is the way. You walk right into it. Right smack into it. You (laughs) pay. Fool, you can't do anything.
2: Got to his feet and tried to drag me up with him, and then both of us toppled over into a lamp. And then I had the lamp base in my ear. In any other place, the next move would have been to run to the nearest police station. But from what I'd heard of the brand of law and order practiced in Salt City, that wouldn't have been much help to me. Instead, I walked the three miles back to town, making my way over the crusted arroyos and cactus lands that seemed to surround it. My first stop, the Reno Bar and Grill. Oh,
0: my. What happened to you?
2: That's about the longest story in history. Anybody around? Just you and me, Johnny. My full name's Johnny Dollar. I'm an insurance investigator. I came here to see Ed Junior, and I saw him. Saw him shot to death. What? Now, listen to me. I saw him shot to death along with a man named Chili Winters about half an hour ago. Jim Reno did the shooting with my gun.
4: i better call a police... Wait,
2: wait, now listen to me. Remember, I came in here from the station. I made a phone call from that booth outside there.
4: Yeah.
6: I
2: sat down, had some coffee, two cups. We talked, I remember. Do you remember putting anything in my coffee?
6: Me? What are you talking about?
2: Somebody did, probably Reno when he came up. Now, look, you said something about wanting to get out of Salt City. Well, sure, but... Now's your chance. I'll get you out of here. How? You got a car? No. All right. Can you buy one for this? $350?
6: 350 I think so. Go
2: do it. I'll wait here for you. Well,
6: you better not wait here. Uh, My room's across the street, second floor. Use the back stairway. I'll be there in a half hour.
2: Expense account item 14, $350. One automobile, 1948 vintage. The waitress returned with it in exactly one half hour. In another ten minutes, the time it took her to pack two suitcases, we were on the road to San Francisco. Item 15, $18.30. Gas and oil. It took us seven hours and twenty minutes to make it. Item 17. $50. I gave the waitress the car and the money, then went back to my hotel, showered, shaved, and changed clothes and made a phone call. Who? Johnny Dollar, Inspector.
1: You're wanted for murder in Salt City. Police all over the state are looking for you.
2: Yeah, I thought they might be. Inspector, I'll be glad to explain all of it, but I need some time.
1: Come on down and explain it, and then we'll see if you can have any time. Now listen
2: to me. I was sent to Salt City to be a patsy. Reno wanted to get rid of Ed Junior and Chili Winters. Where are he... you? Never mind. Well, you've got
1: five minutes to get down here and turn yourself in. Otherwise, you'll go out on an APB.
2: I got out of the hotel in about 20 seconds. A cab picked me up, and I spent item 15, three bucks, transportation getting to Ray Gumby's office at 8 Julian's Enterprises. No Ray Gumby. Item 16, $8, more cab fare. This time, locating Ray Gumby's home address, an apartment over in Berkeley. He took a long time to answer. No. I don't know how he ever made it with the two holes in his neck. He lurched forward, and I caught him. <coughs> Who did it, Mr. Gumby? Uh,
4: Swifty and Luke. <coughs> <coughs> you met him at Ed's apartment house. <coughs> Came by about an hour ago. <coughs> What's <it> all about? <coughs>
7: Why? Johnny, why?
2: Why? It was a good question. Little Ray Gumby was a dead attorney. And Ed Julian and Chili Winters were dead gunsels. Why? Everywhere I seemed to go, people were dying hard, violently, without apparent reason. Why? I had one idea. same old thing. The feeling, the old feeling... It didn't explain anything. It was just there.
3: Now, here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's intriguing episode of this week's story. It winds up tomorrow, the
2: whys and the wherefores. Love and hate, the usual ingredients for big explosions. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
3: From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar.
6: Johnny, this is Ellie. I've been worried to death about you.
3: You might be
2: even more worried when the papers come out. I'm wanted for murder. Johnny. Now, listen to me. I don't have a lot of time to explain it to a policeman. I didn't kill anybody, Ellie, but I need help.
6: Where can I meet you?
2: If I remember right, there's a coffee shop over I'll on. Are we looking
6: for you all over town? Yeah,
2: I suppose so. We better not pick any place like that. I have a Blue Ford convertible, a 52. You know where Fisherman's Wharf is? Yeah. Go there. Watch for
6: me.
3: Tonight.
2: Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar. To Samuel Rubin and Associates, insurance brokers, Majestic Building, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Salt City matter. Expense account item 19, 25 cents, car fare to Fisherman's Wharf. Standing there in the light rain, it occurred to me that 48 hours had gone by since I'd last closed my eyes. I might have been reading a little when Eleanor Strauber showed up.
0: Johnny! Johnny, Johnny. Yeah. Johnny. Same
2: old sport.
6: What have they done to him?
2: Oh, easy, kid, easy. Hey, look, maybe we'd better get out of here.
6: Yes. This way, all right?
2: Fine, fine.
6: Johnny, what can I do to help?
2: Didn't I tell you on the phone I was wanted for murder? Yes. Aren't you going to ask me about that?
6: You'll tell me if you want to, Johnny.
2: Oh, I'm going to tell you, all right. And I want you to go to Inspector Dan Walsh at the Hall of Justice and tell him. Go on. Well, some of it you know, some of it you don't know.
6: I know I'm the cause of a lot of it. If I hadn't been so dumb as to sell that big policy to Ed Julian...
2: You had no way of knowing. My job was to protect him, get him alive, keep him alive until the company could break their responsibility. And I've been trying to do that but I had to find Ed Julian first. Sure. One of my best leads was an attorney named Ray Gumby. He hoped to get Julian into custody one way or another in jail. That seemed a pretty good way for me to protect him. I got a tip from a hotel clerk that Ed was in Salt City with Jim Reno and some others. He's
6: gone, Johnny.
2: Well, I took the train over to Salt City with a subpoena to find Ed. He was there, all right. But Jim Reno found me first. He drugged my coffee, and when I went out to see Ed at the smelter Works, the drug began to work. I saw Ed and Chilly Winters. They were drugged, too. Reno came in a little while later and shot them with my gun. I got away from Reno. He was going to haul me down and let the Salt City Police charge me with murder. I think he owns the Salt City Police Force, too. I managed to get back here early this morning. I called the police and tried to explain all this here, but they wouldn't listen. I went over to see Ray Gumby. Ellie, Gumby was dying when I got there. He'd been shot twice. I don't know if the police know about him yet or not. Then I called you.
6: Who shot Gumby?
2: It was those two thugs I tangled with over at Ed Julian's apartment, Swifty and Luke. Only names I know them by.
6: Reno killed Ed Julian and Chili Winters? Yeah. Anything else? Oh, no. One place the police won't be looking for you is my office. There's a nice couch there. You need some rest.
2: She drove me over to her office, and ten minutes later, I was asleep. About seven o'clock, I woke up, and for the first time in days, my head was clear. Clear enough to think of a man with a pencil-marked mustache who'd sold me information about Ed Julian being in Salt City. I found him in his rooms. Oh. Yeah, we got business.
5: What are you... Uh, uh, hey,
2: please, my lapel. You worry about them good and hard. I'm worried about the two men I saw murdered in cold blood in Salt City yesterday. I'm worried about the man who died in my arms early this morning. Most of all, I'm worried about myself. Please! Now, look... When you came to my hotel two days ago, you were taking a big chance about telling me where Ed Julian was. But it didn't make sense, because your kind don't take chances. What do you mean? I mean somebody paid you to look at me and tell me Julian was in Salt City. Oh, no, Mr. Dollar. Oh, Ed's wife didn't know he was there. The police didn't know he was there. No one but you. Now, once again, who paid you to
5: tip me off that Ed Julian was in Salt City? Honestly, Mr. Dollar, I- I'm just a clerk there. It was just as I explained. I, I happened to be working the switchboard, and a call came in for Mr. Julian, and I just happened to overhear... You're lying. <laughs> Please. I was in Ed Julian's apartment. His calls
2: don't come through your switchboard downstairs. He's got a private line. Please. Now, once more. Uh, who paid you to tell me that Ed Julian was in Salt City?
5: No one paid
2: me. You're... Who was it?
5: you <laughs> will me... Please, Mr. Fowler, go Oh Who is it? Mr. Julian himself. What? Honestly, it was Mr. Julian. Before he left town two nights ago, he told Mr. Swift and Mr. Luke, all of us, to make it difficult for you. And then he sent me a special delivery letter with $50 in it and told me to go to you and tell you he was in Salt City.
2: Okay. Okay, relax. What? I don't want you to make a move. I just want you to stay where you are for the next half hour. Clear? Clear. Expense account item 20, 20 cents, phone call to Eleanor Strober. Johnny, are you all right? I'm getting better every minute. Did you talk to the police?
6: Yes. They want to see you very badly.
2: I'll go to see them as soon as I clear up some other business.
6: Johnny, be careful.
2: Don't worry about me. Did you tell him about Ray Gumby?
6: Yes. They found his body. You have an awful lot of explaining to do.
2: Now, look, I got another pickup for them. What? Not a body, just a hotel clerk. He's in his room at 412 Turk Street. I think he'll be out cold for another ten minutes. I just conked him. Well... Phone the police and tell them to send somebody out to pick him up. He's part of my story and he'll tell it. But, Johnny... And tell him to be sure and pick up Swift and Luke for Gumby's killing. Got all that?
6: I think so. See you later. Johnny, be careful.
2: It was dark by the time I arrived at the Skyline Apartments and took the elevator to the fourth floor. The place looked quiet and deserted. It was, for the most part, except for Lorraine Julian. She looked about the same. Tired. Sad. Uh,
0: Johnny Dollar. Isn't that your name? Yeah. What are you doing here?
2: Didn't you ever expect to see me again?
0: No. You better go.
2: Wade.
0: You shouldn't be in here. Ed, walk in here. Ed
2: isn't going to walk in, Mrs. Julian. What do you mean? I dropped by to tell you you've been double-crossed. Where's Ed? Chilly Winters was gunned in Salt City. Ed Julian was shot to death, too. You're
0: lying.
2: I saw it happen, Mrs. Julian.
0: Some kind of a trick. It isn't so. Not Ed. You
2: haven't seen the papers or listened to the radio, then? They all have the story by now.
0: It is
2: true. Yeah, yeah, all of it. Ed told you to keep me guessing when I came around looking for him, right? Yeah, sure. Maybe you didn't know, but you were helping Jim Reno put the finger on him.
0: I don't believe you. Ed can't be dead.
2: Neither can Chilly winters Then, huh?
0: It was Chilly they wanted out of the way. They wanted Chilly out of the way. Uh
2: Uh-huh. Well, Chilly and Ed are out of the way now, and Jim Reno's in command.
0: What a fool.
6: What a fool I've been. I just I'd have done anything for him. He, he asked me to get you. Get you to go over to Salt City. I loved, him. I loved him.
2: There's no way to bring him back, Lorraine. But you can help me get Jim Reno.
0: How? How?
2: Will you sign a statement? Anything. Get some paper. <laughs> I wrote it while she sat there and helped me fill in the details. How Ed Julian and Jim Reno planned to get rid of Chili Winters. How Ed Julian took Chili over to Salt City with him. How, before he left, he knew that Ray Gumby had a subpoena out for him and that I, if tipped off, would eventually wind up in Salt City and be a patsy for the killing of Chili Winters. Only Jim Reno decided he'd be better off if Ed and Chili were both out of the way. Do you
0: think this will do any good? Can we get Reno for killing Ed?
2: In assault city court, no. But it stands a good chance in this town. How about Gumby?
0: Luke. And Swift?
2: I know. Why?
0: Mr. Gumby knew all about the Enterprises. If there'd been any kind of investigation... So
2: they just put him out of the way, huh? Yeah. <laughs> nice people.
0: That's one trouble. You never usually ask about the people you fall in love with. You just go ahead and do it.
2: We'd better find a notary public. I have to turn myself into the police. A lot of things have to be explained to them.
7: I think you'd better get over to Salt City and explain some things there, Donna. Mr. Reno. Yeah. Hello, Lorraine. What's tricks.
0: You killed Ed.
7: Didn't this insurance man tell you that he shot him? Huh? Well, don't you worry. You got $50,000 coming to you now. You... Uh, I want to thank him. Fifty thousand, a lot of money. Why, you... Hazy, sugar, I'm liable to blow your head off.
5: You killed Ed.
7: Well, I did it for this fella. I do, kid. Only room for one guy in our business, and that's me. And I figured you'd be here, darling. You're a tough man. Come on. You and me, we're going back to Salt City. The police say I want to talk to you. I'm still your patsy, huh? You're still it, brother. They want you as bad as ever where I run things. (coughs) If you don't, Don't. this thing might go off.
0: (laughs) Don't move, Lorraine. Is he dead? No, now
2: I still... I'll call a doctor.
0: Once... Once you said I look like a nice girl. Tell me that again. Please tell me.
7: Yeah. A nice girl.
2: (laughs) Expense account item 21, $1,000, legal fees. To get a lawyer to explain formally what had happened. Item 22, $130, room and board. 23, 135, plane fare to Hartford and, uh...
6: Johnny? Bye, Johnny. Bye, Ellie. The next time I sell an insurance policy, I'm going to ask for character recommendations. Then I won't get a nice fella like you and... Johnny, will you be back? (laughs)
2: Well, I'll have to appear as witness against Jim Reno when his case comes up. Item 24: two bucks, two drinks. Yep, for Eleanor and me. Expense account total: $3,262. Remarks: none. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
3: Remember, there'll be another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, beginning next Monday night. Next week,
2: proof that a dog's life sometimes isn't so bad. A case that starts out like a lark, just one big joke, but isn't funny for long. Join us, won't
4: you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.